0: Welcome to the San Antonio Baptist Association. You're listening to a Sabbath Talks
1: podcast.
0: Uh, This is Roland Lopez with the fourth uh, podcast here at Sabbath Talks. And around the table, we have uh, George Ramirez, who is the pastor of the Springs Church here in San Antonio, and Herbert Hill Bison, the pastor of the Exchange Life Church, uh, and Sammy Lopez, who is a pastor of Mighty Fortress Christian Fellowship here in San Antonio. And so we welcome you today. Uh, in listening to this podcast. And we're, uh, we're going to start off with, uh, we've been uh, doing, uh, this is the fourth one, and, and it's been about uh, church planting. And so uh, today we will be uh, speaking about uh, a subject that I think um, uh, is going to be of high value to those that are contemplating thinking about being a church planner and then those that are already church planners and then pastors that uh, you might identify in your church those that God has called to plant a church so brother George uh,
1: start our conversation yeah well we were looking at 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 this whole thing of church planning and, and the last thing we wanted to kind of discuss was what are some of the nuts and bolts of church planning because uh while while the times change some of the basics in ministry won't will not change, and so so when you look at church planning and the nuts and bolts of it, uh, what are I'm going to go around the table and ask you all what do you think some of the some of the nuts and bolts are in church planning? And I, I just wanted to begin by saying that that I think the most important thing is that the planner knows that they know that God has called them to do it. Mm-hmm. There's got to be a call. to this because it's it's different than going to an established church. It's different than going to into a another type of ministry. Planning a church has its own challenges and its own uh, you know timetable. that can only be accomplished, I think, is if you know for sure that this is something that God has called you to do and that you're willing to respond to the call to do because there's so many ups and downs, they come in church planting.
2: Mm-hmm. Sammy, would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think I think if anything um you better agree with it. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I I think um oftentimes um church planting is sexy. It's a sexy word. for, lo- I, it, it, for-, it, for lack of a better word. It's it it looks good <laughs> because again, there is this certain persona that I think church planting has has created itself to be, and all of a sudden someone wants to be a church planner because it's good, it's nice, it's enticing, and you'll be surprised how many people that have gotten to church planning, first of all, have never been called of God, period, Hmm. to do such a work. It will not only destroy the work, but unfortunately it will destroy his family, it will destroy his life. And and so no, I I would I wholeheartedly agree that I would say that whoever listening to this podcast, if you're thinking about being a church planner, um Really consider the cost. Count the cost. I mean, the deposit ball said to count it. We must count the cost because this is going to cost you a lot. It's going to cost you time. It's going to cost you energy. It's going to cost you money. It's going to cost you your reputation. It's going to cost you a living expense, but it's going to cost you. And, you know, I think what happens is that we see, man, oh, yeah, you know, Rick Warren, man, he's started off in his living room. Look where he's at now. Or Stephen Furtick, man, he started off in the garage. Look where he's at now. And we see the great, we see the... The bigger picture, mm-hmm. and we went the bigger picture before we realized that, man, the the cuts and the bruises and the beats yeah. and the bumps that you're going to get. Right. Right. No, man. The price you, you, that was paid. That's right. Yeah. you got to have a calling on this because this is not for the weak. If you were going to, uh, you know, okay, we're
1: talking about nuts and bolts, right? So, okay, let's say you started the church. You, you know, you, you you begun the church, okay? And you know God's called you. What's one, one thing that you would do to, you know, that from your experience, what's something that you would do? To make sure that you did it from the get-go. Now that you now that you know what what you should be doing, what you should have done. That now you're looking back and you're going, I should have done that first, or I should have. Done, what's something you would have done first?
3: Uh, yeah, I, I read a story recently about um, a plane that was going down the runway, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. as I read the article, they. Uh, as they took off, they they crashed into some trees, ended up crashing and burning. Mm. And what happened was they choose they chose the wrong runway to go down. They didn't have enough length, and they ended up burning. And mm. uh, as I read that, what it did it take me back to the early years of my ministry, where I realized that I I truly in all my heart I believe that there were some people that that just some genuine just great people, and I didn't build the runway long enough for them. Uh, to where they, they either fell away. And I think if I could go back, uh, one of the nuts and bolts in what I'm really implementing now is just tr- really building that runway for people, investing in people, investing in leadership, trying to give the ministry away. I think that too many times we try to do it all ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes I would have this crazy, dumb thought that, uh, you know, this is so, so hard, I don't want anyone else to do it. <laughs> <laughs> right but but, what I didn't realize is that the reason why I was growing in my faith is because I was being challenged, so you'll never be able to grow to the to what you're not challenged to, and so what I was doing is I was robbing the people of growing in their faith by not challenging challenging them, and I think that people want to rise to the occasion people want to be challenged, hmm. and so what, I, what what I'm realizing now is that I'm trying to give. Uh, leadership, trying to give ministry away, but in a way that I'm helping them build that runway so that they can have a smooth takeoff.
2: That's a good, you bro. You know,
0: through the years, uh, I, have, um, I have gone over uh, some of the church planning that, um, that I've done. And uh, if I had to do some things over again, one of the things that I would do uh, would be uh, reiterating over and over and over again. To the people that are part of this small church, this small gathering, what church planning is all about. Hmm. Because what they think church planning is about is not what you think. You may have the idea and you may be running with it, but they know diddly about it. The only thing that they know is that you're starting a new church. And in their mind, their mental model of church is where they came from. Or their middle model of church to say that they didn't come from any other church. But everybody, no matter who it is, has a mental model of church. And so they come in. So you've got to reiterate over and over again what you're about. So if I had to do it over again, I would spend a lot of time sharing with the people. Mm -hmm. Folks, let me tell you what this church that we're planting is about. And what church planting is all about. Let me Mm -hmm. tell you what it's not And let me tell you what it is, what this church is. good. And so that, to me, if I had to do it over again, I'd definitely... And then uh, another area would be sharing with the people that um, in Ephesians chapter 4, starting with verse 11, that God gave some to be. That's it. uh, Apostles. Uh, I like the way the Spanish reads that says, uh, Dios constituyó, that God constituted some to be. That word constitute means God wired you to be. So God wired you to be the function of that apostle, that individual that will be a church planter, that individual who's going to be that prophet uh, that is sent with the word of God, that evangelist, God has constituted you to be an evangelist. God has constituted you to be a pastor teacher. And so these things need to be uh, taught to the people that within that congregation, these these functions are in existence, and so uh, that way everybody takes their place, so that I might be able to effectively then assign them uh, within the body, so that we might be able to to function properly mm. as a body of Christ.
2: No, absolutely, you know, we're talking about what would we, what we would have done differently. If I can go back and do church planning differently, I wouldn't have been a church planner. I'm playing. I'm playing. I, I, I'm playing. I, no, definitely. Join the military. I would have joined the military. Um, I would have. I I would have to learn my limits. I think what happens is is that we don't learn our limits. What What dad? Would you just function. mentioned the function of the ministry? I'm a pastor evangelist. That's my calling. I'm a horrible administrator. And I remember my first church, I would try to administra- to be an administrator and, and then be this and be that. I cannot be all things to all people. Right. Matter of fact, one of the books that, and for those that are listening, if you have never read this book, go grab it. It's an older book, but it really helped me uh, to become a better leader. There's two books. One is called The Last Generation Leader by Andy Stanley. He gives a br- great breakdown when it comes to know your limits mm-hmm. and focus on your absolute call. That's number one. In the number two, there's another book called Lincoln on Leadership. Mm-hmm. It is a wow. book on how Abraham Lincoln was a leader and how he became a great president. But again, it's going back to what Abraham Lincoln did. He focused on his strengths. I think what happens is that we don't focus on our strengths. We want to be an all-around leader. Man, it will burn you out. Yeah. It will cause disruption in your life. It will discourage you if we try to be this and this and this and this and this to all people. The Apostle Paul said, I become all things to all people so that by all means I may win some. I understand that, but we put that in the context. He's not saying you got to be this, 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 and this, and this, and this, so that you can be... a Great all around leader I don't want to be A great all around leader What I want to make sure of Is that I know my strengths And I'm going to focus On my strengths And do my strengths So I would say this That if there's any Nuts and bolts On anyone that's Going to be a church planner Know your strengths Follow your strengths Dig into your strengths And then surround Individuals around you That will help you In your weaknesses That's good And I think we would All agree
0: with this uh, And those that are Listening to the podcast I know that you're Really wanting to hear This word and that is, uh, we're not in any way in the nuts and bolts uh, disregarding discipleship. No. Uh, that is definitely high on our list uh, as church planners around this table. And that is, you've got to um, help others to become discipleship makers. And not only do you become di- discipleship makers, uh, if you're going to start another congregation, than to be a disciple making church, mm-hmm. so
1: those are the things that I think yeah. uh, are very important
0: mm-hmm. in the nuts and
1: bolts. Let, let me let me go here with it real quick on that, and that is, of course, here you are. You're a church planner. You know God's called you, and what you're, the next thing you're you're told, or the next thing that people say, is you need to have a vision. What's your vision? Mm. You heard that before? Yeah, absolutely. What's so the vision of uh, of the church, right? And I want to kind of go, go there and ask you all this question because what I what I've realized is sometimes when you when you state a vision and you don't create a culture of change, what happens is you get you get stuck trying to do something that maybe has changed. And sometimes vision vision can vision change? Yes absolutely you know and, and, and so I, I, what I would do, I think one of the nuts and bolts <coughs> is to establish immediately in your church a culture of change. Mm-hmm. that the people in your church would know, look, you know, we, we, this, is not, this is not like a, a, a set course where it's all going to fall into place. And No, there's going to be trial and error. There's going to be mistakes. There's going to be issues that we're going to start that aren't going to work. We'd be willing to scratch that and go into something else. In fact, I think talking about trends... It used to be where, where you could strategically plan for a church back in the day, right? They would do five, ten-year plan, growth plans. You can't do it now. No. Oh, you can't do that now. You're lucky, to, you're lucky if you can do it a month to month. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, month to month yeah. is basically where you're at now, right? So I would say you need to make sure that you have a culture of change in your church. That's right. And that, uh, And not only that, but you have to look at the different cultures that you're going to establish because those cultures... Will make or break your church. So if you don't have a culture of invitation, guess what? Ain't nobody gonna invite right. your church. If you don't have a culture of of uh, of of, uh, you know, of hospitality, you ain't gonna have be a hospitable church. They're you got to develop these cultures early on, and but you have to do it intentionally. You have to do it that. We have to You have to do that with With to make you know, it part. Make part, it part of that part body of, the of the personality. Going. And and to say, you know, don't be afraid. That if you said, we're going to reach north of San Antonio and God all makes you says, no, I want you to go to the south side. It's okay. Go to the south side. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If, you know, if you think, you thought maybe the, it was the northwest side, but God's, God's calling, God opens the door on, on the south side. Go to the south side. You know, don't lock yourself in because you said something.
2: Yeah. No, no, absolutely. I I I, I love the fact that you that you brought that up because I think, especially nowadays, I have, I've i attempted in my own life um, when I first became even pastor where I'm at now is let's give a 10 year, let's give a five year and a 10 year focus, man, forget it, man. It's Illuminati, bro. Illuminati confirmed right there, bro. It's it like, it, it becomes a cult later on, man. Yeah. Um, I, I had to come to a point where I'm saying, look, let your, let, let time changes, seasons change. And, and you got to allow yourself to change along with it. Mm-hmm. Cause if not that, if you're only going to focus on the next five years, mm-hmm. If it, if it doesn't come to fruition, man, you'll discourage yourself. You will get out. You can get out of ministry. Well, not only you say, yourself, but the
0: people that will always look at you. Well, brother, we're not doing that vision. How come we're doing it? Yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I thought you said yeah. we're going to do this. Yeah, it, No, it, yeah. you can't because it's not yeah. fair to the yeah. church yeah. at all, and exactly. it's not fair to you. Yeah. And so you, there must be, I think, not, going back to nuts and bolts. Right. Flexibility. Flexibility. Yeah. There's got to be room for change. Yeah. Um, and, adaptability. and adaptability, yeah. You, you gotta be, you gotta be moldable, uh-huh. right? Yeah. You gotta be moldable in, in, in this thing because if you're not moldable, you forget what it. What do you think, there, about that?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you got to be able to uh, to adapt because ideas that I thought that would come in and be able to uh, make this church move mm-hmm. um, are didn't work. Yeah, And work. so i got to be able to come to a point where um, I'm listening to the advice of other people that have gone before me mm-hmm. and, uh, and mm-hmm. listening to God because I don't need another good idea. Mm-hmm. I need a God idea. And it comes yeah. back to me really being plugged into God yeah. on my knees, on come my on, face Herb. before God. and uh, With that God idea. Yeah, yeah. That's and you good. know what? That's I was thinking right. about this the other day. I, heard, right. I hear people talk about uh, this, this term, Godspeed you know, Godspeed. And I know what they're talking about is, you know, I hope you get back, you know, safely. But I thought about in 2020, I want to move at God's speed. Come on, man. And 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 it just, this idea just came into my mind of how I don't want to just push in my own potential. I was just reading how, uh, you know, God had told Moses, hey, who made the mouth? And I'm like, absolutely. And I'm going to use my mouth for his glory, but I want to move in his power, his potential. Mm-hmm. I want to move at that speed. And so it, it, it takes me being able to change and adapt to where God is calling me, how he's calling me to do it. Because even Moses, when he tried to do it, he's like, oh, this is, Working out the way that I thought it was going to be, and God is like, just trust me, you know. You, you just keep being you know, faithful,
1: brother. Real quick, I want to, just real quick, I'm going to throw this out, and that is that. Um, I think it was Rick Warren when you know when he wrote his book, The Purpose Driven Church. Mm-hmm. He said we have to learn how to catch the wave. Mm-hmm. You know what is God mm-hmm. doing? You yeah. know we we yeah. want God to come into what we're doing, but mm-hmm. we need to learn how. You know nuts and bolts is find out what God is doing. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to what we want to do, God, what do you want to do? And ride his wave, yeah. you know, into what he wants to do, as opposed to what we think we need to do, and but, that's discern. I think discernment.
0: Yeah. Well, what uh, you had mentioned a little while ago before we were on on the air here, mm-hmm. um, what um, you were reading something to us. Yeah. And uh, mm. let's uh, read that to us, because I, I think that was pretty convicting,
1: and I think it would speak to all of us. But uh, as you well, as I'm picking my phone back up because I, I turned it off. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. But anyway, if oh, oh, you don't wait know.
0: for it, let me just share this that in the nuts and bolts, uh, we talk about the culture that's to be established. Um, church planners, uh, let me talk to you here. Uh, develop a church, uh, a, a culture of um, a soul winning. Mm-hmm. Uh, be a soul winner. Uh, develop that culture about. Absolutely uh Engaging people with the gospel Amen. Um, you know you 've got folks uh if you 're going if you're going if you 're going to plant a church you 've got to present the gospel you 've got to share the gospel engage people with the gospel of the lord jesus christ mm-hmm.
2: and um so can we also uh, add with 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 the gospel is it because of the generation that we live in now? With the gospel, Mark Middleburg said it the best, that that apologetics is the handmaiden to evangelism. Yeah, you know little, what I'm saying? Well, it's yeah. utilizing also and knowing apologetics in your in, in your evangelistic presentation. Presentations. Because today we're dealing with atheists, agnostics, skeptics, and other ideologies and other isms that if we're going to share the gospel, which it, it has to be a heartbeat of, a, of ours, especially if we're going to bring people to Christ. Mm-hmm. Utilize evangelism in the process. Well, when or we were, in, process. In,
0: in our last podcast, we mentioned about the um, what is it, uh, church planning center. Maybe, and, and that
1: that was not brought up, right. but
0: that mm. needs to be definitely part of the institute, yes. and that is the component of
1: uh, apologetics. Maybe it's, it's not, not a
0: component, but just part of if it. it. If not, this, that would will be this, Willy Wonka Chocolate Factory, bro. Yeah. All this, make-believe. This, this, I, I
1: went to the Northwest, Great it's Northwest, to, to, to Washington State with some mm-hmm. guys to see the church planting up there. And there was a guy who went with, his name is Seth Pittman. He's a mm. youth guy out in Brownwood, I think. But he wrote this. He says, we see the data, we read the books, yet in the American church, the number of churches declining, plateauing, or even closing is on the rise. To me, it is a definition of insanity. Uh, we have been trying to fix the issue. Using the same models over and over again, expecting different results—insane, right? Mm-hmm. Then he goes on to say, "This is what you wanted me to uh, said." He said, "He said uh, even existing churches may need to consider replanning to break the cycle of continued decline. Mm-hmm. It is time to stop hiding behind the way we used to, uh, the way things used to be, and engage the reality of the way things actually are. Church work will be a heavy challenge over the next ten to fifteen years." Knowing that theological schools and institutions are going to have it to address the astronomical cost of theological education, the church is moving to the margins and will soon be will soon be underground. Churches and parachurch organizations cannot continue to expect co vocational and even full time uh, pastors to attain an education <coughs> that will leave them in a financial ruin over the next ten twenty years. Huh. So ba- basically, you know what 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 he's saying, right? He's saying that that. Uh, uh, there has to be a new a new way to s- to see how we're going to do church, but at the same time, I don't think he's saying that we don't that there aren't some there aren't some 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 nuts and bolts. You know, there are nuts and bolts, mm-hmm. but we have to be well, part of that is recognizing the de- the time that we're living in. Yes, the men of Absolutely. Issachar right understood the times in which they lived. If you're going to be a church planner, part of the nuts and bolts is understanding the time you live and then applying the things that we talked about. You know. Vision, uh, 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 equipping people, strategies. all those things, those strategies, those aren't going to change. But we have to realize that the world is around us is changing, the church is changing. Yeah, great. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you guys. We appreciate your time uh, coming together to this uh, this fourth podcast uh, here at Sabbath Talks, and thank you so much for listening uh, to this uh, last uh, podcast in church planting. Thank you so much. God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Sabbath Talks podcast. We look forward to continuing our conversation next time in hopes of better connecting, encouraging, and supporting churches for kingdom impact.